Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Now, back to Severe Reaction. Powered by Equitable Bank. We take banking personally. Here's your host, Michael Severe, on 1620 The Zone. Bits to the near side, one wide out left. Simon in the gun. Gets the snap. Steps. Hit as he throws. Down the field, a pass. It's going to be intercepted. Malcolm Hartsock goes down, and the Huskers are going to win this Friday night battle in Piscataway as Malcolm Hartsog gets the pick. The freshman of the week in the Big Ten Conference who had a tough start to this game, got picked on early with a couple of big plays, gets the overthrown ball for the INT, the third turnover of the half, the third pick thrown by Simon, and Nebraska is going to rally in the second half and win back-to-back Big Ten games for the first time in four years. What a gutsy win, Greg. Welcome back. Severe Reaction, hour number two on 1620 The Zone, 402 951 1620 redemption right there for Hartzog after they went after him early getting that interception it was pressure it was pressure that caused that interception something that Nebraska did pretty well if you look at the game overall I counted it six pressures for Nebraska six pressures three sacks and then on the other end of it they had three or four clean PBUs passes broken up uh if you want to add in the knockdown the tip by um uh, by Mathis as well, which negated a defensive pass interference that was called, and then they reviewed it. I don't know how they didn't see that he tipped it right away, but anyway, uh, if you add that in there as well as a pass broken up because he did tip it, that, that's like I think it's five uh, PBUs. But anyway, Nebraska gets the win, uh, two in a row, as Greg Sharp said right there, and uh, and Nebraska now is in a situation where along with two other that's teams, two in a row, that's called a winning streak. Exactly. It's it's a winning streak. That's what it is. Um, and, of course, Nebraska faces Purdue next week. Another night game uh, in West Lafayette taking on uh, another of the two teams, that are, three teams that are leading the West. Um, so, anyway, uh, looking overall at Havoc numbers before we get to the coaching search. And I always add, you can add block, punt, Rutgers, give them that for a Havoc as well. But Nebraska, I mentioned the pressure they had. You throw the interceptions on, right? which is three interceptions, and then the tackles for loss, something that Nebraska has not done. And they haven't done it really for a while. The last time that they were really successful getting tackles for loss was when the Davis boys were there because Khalil had a great senior season. Um, But that's the last time. But yesterday, I add in no gains. Those are called stuff plays. I add those in with TFLs because, you know, yeah, you're not forcing a loss yardage, but you know what? Get that on first down. It's second and ten. Most times teams don't con- convert on after second and ten. But anyway, um, six total TFL slash stuffs, which is better than they had when they started the season. So ex- havoc wise, they weren't bad. It was it was pretty good. Um, explosive plays about even with Rutgers uh, overall, and then the penalties again. You know, we talked about it two weeks ago. We'll talk about it now. Nebraska committing penalties. Not all of them, I know, uh, and you'll. You know, people will talk about it, and they were on Twitter talking about it. Not all of them, I think, were correct calls, 
but still they were called uh, six for the against the offense, and then three accepted against the defense. So nine total penalties for Nebraska, um, and it's one of those things that you know Mickey talks about getting things cleaned up that he wants to get better, and that's one of the top things for sure. Uh, mentioned the coaching search, and again, this is not to disrespect whether Mickey Joseph can get the job or not because I, I think if he ended up you know, winning seven games somehow, which meant that he would upset because they're not going to be favored, obviously, next Saturday against Purdue. They're not going to be favored against Illinois. They won't be favored against Minnesota. They're not going to be favored against Michigan. I think they're favored again the rest of the season unless somebody really falls apart. So you talk about a guy going on a stretch of, what, six straight upsets or something like that, which would be incredible to think about. So if he did that and he got four of those somehow and got to seven wins, you'd have to consider him. You'd have to. Even if... They got to six. That's still three upsets. Three wins against teams that people aren't expecting you to beat. So that would be pretty good too. I just don't think that that would be enough to keep him on as head coach. I I want him to stay with the program. I don't know how easy that would be to go from being the head coach to being something else, whether it be associate head coach or offensive coordinator or whatever else or wide receiver coach. I think that would be tough to do. It really would. Um, but I'd, I want to see him stay with the program. But saying he doesn't, the coaching search, I'm assuming, still goes on by Trev Alberts. Uh, Lance Leipold, I put him at the top of the list in terms of guys that I think they, they should consider, and it should still be there, along with Matt Campbell was the other one I had at the top of the list. And we know what's happened to Matt Campbell in, in Iowa State. If that means he's out of the search, well, possibly. Lance Leipold, 5-1 and one at Kansas. The loss to TCU. Fought. Man, did they fought. You lose your starting quarterback who was struggling in the first half to a shoulder injury. You bring in a, I believe, a fifth-year starter is what he was when he was at, um, what, TCU, I think is where he used to be. Comes in and makes all kind of crazy plays and ends up getting to the point where you're down at the end of the game and it takes an amazing throw by Max Duggan and an amazing catch by the wide receiver to get one foot down in order for them to take the lead and end up getting the win. I thought the last play of the game, that the pass that was thrown across the middle should have been called interference. Two guys were being held. Both the slot guy and the outside receiver were both being held on a play, and they called nothing. So that would have given Kansas another chance to be able to score. They did not call them. Game over. But Lance Leipold sitting at 5-1. and one. Still, as I mentioned, Matt Campbell, he's at 3-3 three and three at Iowa State now. Lost to Kansas State in what was a truly ugly game yesterday. I still believe that if you give him what he will have at Nebraska with the facilities, the recruiting budget, all of that stuff, I still think he could win here and build a, a, a winning program. There's Dave Aranda at Baylor. They were off this past week. Three and two right now, but I still believe that he is a, 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 a wonderful coach, a defensive coordinator that can come in here, build defensively. Maybe that would mean Mickey Joseph staying on as being the offensive guy. I don't know. Certainly a possibility. Um, but those are your four guys that are mentioned, three guys, and then your fourth one that's mentioned the most is Bill O'Brien. OC at Bama, right? We know the two years that he had at Penn State were two of the toughest years that a head coach is going to have at a university. Coming off the Sandusky scandal, they had something like 58, 55 available scholarships. He talked all the guys into staying, even though they could have easily transferred it without any kind of penalty because of what happened there. And talked him into staying. And because of that, they ended up having a couple of back-to-back really successful seasons under the circumstances they were in. 
left. We know what happened to the Houston Texans. Had some really good years. Was a bad GM, but that doesn't affect his head coaching. Here, here's how Bama's offense is doing right now. Now, they beat a and yesterday, of course, without their starting quarterback, Bryce Young. They are third in points scored in the country. Eighth in yards. Third in points per play. Fourth in yards per play. 26th and third down. They rush the ball at a 54% clip, obviously pass it at a 46% clip. And in terms of the run game, number two in yards per rush, number two yards rushing per game. Honestly, if you were going to ask Nebraska fans what they want from an OC, those are the kind of numbers you'd love to see. I'm not talking necessarily about the rankings, but run first, run explosiveness, doing a pretty good job of protecting their quarterback when they have their starting quarterback there. All of those things is what you want from an OC then slash head coach. So Bill O'Brien. Then you go to the next level of coaches who I think are a little bit more of a, of a, of a long shot because of different reasons. Mark Stoops at Kentucky. They were without Will Levis yesterday. Lost again. Now dropped to four and two. Can he win at the level that he would like to win at at Kentucky being at a basketball school? He's gotten him to a spot. I mean, you're beating Florida, doing things that Kentucky hadn't done in football in years. But can he get even better there? I don't know. Does he look at Nebraska as a chance to be able to take that next step? I do know that he has close friends with Bo Pelini. Does that matter? I don't know. Dan Mullen. I know a lot of people aren't excited about Dan Mullen because there's the talk about his lack of liking to recruit or wanting to recruit or being able to recruit. I don't know. But I can tell you what he did at Mississippi State was remarkable. And now it's being repeated by the Pirate right now after three years of being at Mississippi State. You see what Mike Leach is doing. But what Dan Mullen did there was great. And then his first couple years of Florida were pretty darn good. Won the East, right? And now he's on TV. He's going to get a job. So all these openings, all these big jobs that are opening, he's going to get one of them. Would it be Nebraska? I don't know. Then a name that you don't hear talked about much anymore, but initially you did. I thought Coastal Carolina might have a regression year this year. Because they lost a lot of talent. They're sitting at 6-0. and Jamie Chatwell is a really good coach. And he has kind of taken the formula that some really coaches, really good coaches that are out there now have taken as well. This is a Division II coach. Much like some other guys who were Division II, Division III, or NIA guys who have gone on to be successful. He was a Division II guy and moved up like every level. Went from there to another level of, I believe it was Charleston Southern, I believe he went, and then you go to Coastal Carolina. And you look at his record at Coastal Carolina and how they've done it and the offense they run, it'd be hard to pass up on a guy like that. He's going, again, he's going somewhere. Maybe it won't be Nebraska, but he is going somewhere. Then, this is is kind of out of the box a little bit, but it's a guy I like and I liked years ago for this job, Bronco Mendenhall. Now, I don't know if he'd even have a shot. Uh, ended at Virginia a couple years ago and was kind of just worn out. Was at BYU, had success at BYU. We know what he did at BYU. Great defensive mind, a 3-3-5 guy. I loved, loved his defense back way when I covered him at New Mexico. Way back at New Mexico. The whole four years I was in New Mexico, Bronco Mendenhall and Rocky Long were the head coach and defensive coordinator. Loved him there. Good dude. I, I think he'd make a great head coach in Nebraska if that was to happen. Now, You look at Virginia. Got to Virginia. It was kind of a mess. Turned it around. Got better. But then at the end, not great. And he was burned out and and left the game. 
does the year or two years off change it a little bit for him to where he's ready to go again? I don't know. I throw him out there. And then, of course, the final one that you know some people get mad about, but there's still Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, who is a Hall of Fame head football coach at the college level. Urban Meyer, multiple national championships, multiple undefeated seasons. Urban Meyer, still out there. Don't know if it would happen, but it's kind of hard to just dismiss it because of all the mess that happened at Jacksonville. And even some of the stuff that happened when he left Florida. You know, um, there's some accusations of things that happened off the field and ignoring some things. I think a lot of other coaches, I know you don't want to just excuse somebody because other people do it, but it's kind of the profession. You do everything you can to keep a kid who's really good on your team if he gets in trouble. We saw Alabama do the same thing. If a kid is really good, he gets in trouble, you do your best to keep him on the team. You just do. And he did the same thing. But anyway, we know what he did at every stop of the way. How good he's been. Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, Ohio State. He's still out there, of course. So that's a that's a list of guys who I think are probable as candidates who are maybes and then a couple long shots um, in terms of the head coaching position here at Nebraska. And then, of course, there's Mickey Joseph, who's got to be added in as well. Back-to-back wins over Big Ten teams. Let's see. If he takes it, if he takes this team as banged up as it is, because Omar Manning was on crutches too. That's another one of the guys from your depth chart at wide receiver who'll be out. If he takes this team into West Lafayette, night game, where they're really good, by the way, at night in Purdue the last few, under Jeff Brom. If he wins that game, all bets are off, right? And then comes back home for Illinois, and we'll see what happens from there. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll look a little bit back at some of the numbers from Rutgers and what it means to get that win. And coming up at 930, we'll chat with Stephen M. Sippel as well. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls, 402-951-1620. If you want to be part of the discussion, 402-951-1620. Severe reaction on 1620 The Zone. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 